Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. HopeNet Radio. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. Glad that you've joined us tonight on the show. Million Dollar Conversations happen here on HopeNet Radio. I'm Jeff. I'll be your host tonight. My co-host, DW, in studio. Dave, it's so good to have you, man. It's good to be here. And you know, conversations save lives, and this program, that's what we do. We have conversations, so... Sit back, pretend you're in a studio with us, and let's uh, have a conversation tonight. Join us on the Tweetback tonight. We're on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. It's the HopeNet Radio Tweetback, and what this is is your opportunity to connect with us live on the show or anytime you listen to the podcast. We'll always get your tweets, and we'll retweet, add them to the notes, and who knows? Maybe we'll do a show based on some of your questions and input as they come in. We'd love to talk about it live on the show as well. So again, use the hashtag HNRTV on Twitter, or you can send us an email at Hope at HopeNet360.com. Also joining us in studio, Tara Kay is back. Hey. Welcome back. Thanks. What have you been doing? Because it's like you've been absent. I know. It doesn't feel... It's really been a while, but it feels like it went by so fast. Um, I got a new job. So I I am the volunteer and resource coordinator at World Relief Fox Valley. And that's located in Oshkosh. We have an office in Appleton too, but I work out of Oshkosh. Our primary goal is to empower the local church to serve the most vulnerable. And how we do that is um, we are actually an authorized resettlement agency, resettling refugees that have been displaced um, from their home country or have had to flee because of persecution or civil war. And they've gotten refugee status by the government, and we help them to find a new home in the Fox Valley area. So we help. So we have refugees living right here. We do. We have people from all over the world. So it's really neat. You know, a lot of churches host missions trips to go different parts of the world, and really, there's lots of opportunities to meet with people from different countries right in the Fox Valley, which is what I really like about the organization. We have people from Asia, Africa, South America, just from all over right in right in this area. And, you know, it's really important that we as a church serve the most vulnerable. I think it relates to a lot of the work that I'm still doing with trafficking too, because when people are vulnerable, it leaves the door open for others to take advantage of them. And it's just really, I really like our mission statement because the church should be the first one to step out in and greet them in our, make them feel welcome, um, help to set up their apartments with furniture and everything they could possibly need because they really, a lot of families come with almost nothing. So we have different ways that the church can be the first ones to greet these people and help them start their new life here. That's awesome. Tara's the volunteer and resource coordinator with World Relief in the Fox Cities, and we'll have some links under our show notes tonight. I want to talk more about that as we go on in our show because I think it's such an important work. And oftentimes I thought refugees, I was thinking, well, you probably only see people from Canada. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. the closest. Oh, they're, 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 fleeing, they're fleeing that border. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I want to talk about that a little bit more as we go on the show and, and uh, just get some more 
just really understand what's going on in our community. You still do some human trafficking work, I understand, too. I do. I am still the outreach director for Damascus Road, and we are getting ready to uh, partner with a, a church and a task force in the Schwagen area to bring awareness to hotels and gas stations before the PGA tour in August. Yeah, that's coming up pretty quick too. It is. And it's just, um, you know, if you, if you don't know, if you haven't heard us talk about trafficking, the reason why we do it, especially before bring awareness before big events is because trafficking increases in areas where there's a sporting event or a festival, anything that brings in tourism, there's also traffickers that are bringing in girls because they know they can make money when there's a big event going on. Yeah. Tonight, guys, I want to talk a little bit about this word faithfulness. Last week, we talked about prayer. Dave, you and I had a good conversation yep. about prayer. And and that prayer works, ultimately, is what we left off on. But we also kind of talked about the difficulty of what happens when things aren't going the way you anticipated them. Say you're praying for something to happen. Uh, maybe you're praying over a situation. It doesn't turn out the way that you thought it was going to. And so the overall question that's kind of left is, well, is God really faithful? Yeah. You know, is our people in life, are, are we really able to be faithful? Because I think we're all wired to recognize when someone's a fake. We can we can pick out people in our own life, maybe people that have hurt us in the past that turned out to not be faithful. And that's left us with scars, it's left us with hurts, and it's left us with a lot of questions and maybe even doubts of can I yeah. trust again? Trust is a big part of life too. So this word faithfulness kept coming up in my mind this week of life in general, the examples that we see. We see a lot of people, if you look in Hollywood, it's not not a surprise when you hear somebody who's not being faithful in Hollywood. It seems like that's kind of the thing to do. And our culture kind of thrives on unfaithfulness in some ways. Do you guys ever find that to be true? Yeah. You know what we have is really a problem with definitions. Mm. Um, for example, if I were to ask you guys, does God answer prayer? What would you say? I would say yes. What would you say, Tara? I would say yes, too. All right. But what do you mean by that? Did you mean that he answers it? The way that you prayed for it or that he answers it. I mean, in our culture, I think so many times and people that are listening will identify because I identify with it. If I came to you and said, boy, I've been praying for this. God answered my prayer. I'm most likely saying he did what I told him. Mm. Mm -hmm. Would I ever come to you and say, God answered my prayer? No. Whoa. Not, it's usually not like a highlight of a conversation. No, yeah. <laughs> no but, but that's an answer. Yeah. See, the problem, oh, is. again, is the way we define words. And I think within our culture, we're going to struggle because of the fact that um, the only way we can communicate with each other is through language. And Satan knows that. And I think he, he really plays with redefining terms. And I think we have to be very careful. So the idea of answering prayer if you heard what Jeff said, that prayer works, I think you need to go back and get the podcast and hear what we said. Because if you think that we said that you're the most significant thing in the world and if you don't pray, things aren't going to happen, that's not what we just said. But some people, when you say prayer works, that's what they think. They think that I can control what happens in the universe. So prayer works. Mm -hmm. And no, we didn't say that. So go listen to the podcast because we're not going to repeat that program. But, but right now talking about, okay, if you're going to pray and you're going to trust God, but you better know that he's faithful. You better understand who he is or you're not going to be able to do that. Well, and every single one of us is looking for people who are faithful in our life. Yeah, because faithfulness is something that it can be de demonstrable. <laughs> is that the right word? Demonstrated. <laughs> faithfulness can be demonstrated and you may not see it on the first occasion. You've been through dating relationships because you're married, Jeff. And I don't know if you've been through dating relationships. I assume you have. I have. Yeah. You trust people right away? 
No. Well, sometimes I think there's a certain level of trust. Yeah, too. yeah, there there is. I mean, you you trust someone to hold your bag or something okay. versus like trust them with your heart. There's a there's a big yeah. difference there. There is. So there's levels of trust. So we yes. really have a hard time understanding what we say sometimes when you say, "Do you trust this person?" Oh yeah. yeah For true. what? You know, <laughs> to sell me something at McDonald's? Yes. To be my life partner? Why would you trust somebody for that? Yeah. See, there, there's different levels of trust. There's different levels of really faithfulness in a way because you learn of faithfulness and, and it takes time to do that. And the really cool thing I think that we're going to get into is if you are one who is in a relationship where you can trust somebody, you've realized that you can relax in that relationship. Mm. And if you relax in that relationship, you can be who you are. And you can look forward to where the things are going. And and that's really what we need to talk about in continuation of the prayer thing that we had last week. Tonight, we want you to be a part of the conversation. Have you, Maybe you've been through a time in your life where you've been around somebody who turned out to be unfaithful. And it may not be in just a dating relationship. I mean, this, can, this happens all the time with people. And we see it in summer where relationships kind of change over the summertime. I mean, maybe you've been in school. Maybe you've been in classes with different people. And... And all of a sudden you, you realize, or maybe it just kind of dawns on you that they're not the same person that I knew, you know, in, in school. And it's for whatever reason, people do change. People do tend to show their true colors. And unfortunately, our true colors as humans is flawed. We are by nature unfaithful people. And uh, so we want to talk about this. We want to have you be a part of the conversation. Join us on the tweet back tonight. Use the hashtag HNRTB if you're on Twitter. And we'll be back here on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. Subscribe to the HopeNet Radio podcast on your favorite podcast app. Visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast. And when you're there, just leave a five-star review on whatever service that you use. We use TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, whatever you subscribe on. Leave us a review. That way it helps other people find the podcast. And you can share this with your friends as well. That's HopeNet360.com slash podcast. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight, and Tara K. Hey, is back. I'm so glad to have you back, Tara. It's been a while. I, I can't even believe it's been almost three months. I know. It's been too long. It has been. Hey, what if our podcasts go viral? What does that mean? Uh, it just means that a lot of people listen. Okay, do that. Whoever, whoever's <laughs> out there, let's go viral. <laughs> we should you probably know, be a little bit. sound like a true old guy. You know, it's like <laughs> I, I, keep, I, I keep hearing something on the news that says this went viral, this went viral. I'm thinking, <laughs> is that good? <laughs> if it goes viral, maybe. All right, well, let's make it go viral. Yeah, and see what people happens. People are trying to get rid of like viruses. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> let's, normally, let's let these podcasts go viral. So get out there. Those of you that know how to do that, let's make it a task. There make it go. go viral. Hey, tonight we're having a, a viral conversation <laughs> about faithfulness. Growing up for me as a teenager, it seemed like over the summertime, some of my friends, I would find out they were doing some things that I didn't really necessarily agree with. Right, And some of them, it was kind of like, or if it's a dating relationship, sometimes 
among my friends. I would have friends that were in a relationship when the school year ended, and by the second week of June, they were already broken up. Right. And so they go through the whole heartbreak thing. And sometimes over summer and over this time of year, people in general have a hard time staying faithful, whether it's in a relationship or it's in their workplace, their job. Faithfulness is not really a general trademark of who we are as people I've found in my own life. People that have disappointed me, oftentimes it's related to their level of faithfulness or just how unfaithful they can really be. Yeah. What is faithful? What are we talking about when we say faithful? Is that that you remain the same? Is that what faithfulness is? Or that you're just trustworthy or reliable? Yeah, I think it's much more trustworthy and reliable. Okay, so I would agree, yeah. So it's not the same. So you guys and myself, let me ask you, have you changed in life? Like if I look at your personality today, are you somebody different today than you were five years ago? I think I got 30 more pounds. Right? That would be a change. But are you different in any in the way you think, in the way you – are you different somehow? I am different. Okay. So what caused the change? Kids. Okay. You, you've had kids. How long have you been married? I'll be married eight years in August. Okay. So eight years ago, ten years ago, you were a different person. Oh, for sure. Than you are now. Yeah. Okay. Tara, you're, are you different than you were ten years ago? Yes. And what could I ask made the major changes? If you were to look at like – major events or something, what is it that made the major changes if you could identify them? I think it's just what you experience just growing up, you know, when you're in school and each level of school that you progress, I think you change because your understanding, your knowledge increases. And also I think your social interactions probably increase. Generally, you know, if you're in high school and then you go to university, my my university was about the same number of people as my high school. But a lot of people, especially if you go to a state school, it's much bigger, different responsibilities. Maybe you live on your own for the first time or live in a dorm. You don't have maybe the same rules that you had before. So um, I think just the different stages in life that you encounter, you so, change. So the people are different. I mean, you're different, they're different in relationships and things change. And you're kind of always jockeying, right, mm-hmm. For to see what they're thinking. So what would happen if you were in a relationship with somebody who did not change and would not change? That kind of be lame. Okay. Except we're describing God there. He's not going to change. Well, no, it's that's a little bit different. All right. Because- see, that's what I'm getting at. It's really hard to understand faithfulness because of the <laughs> fact that the, all of the human examples we have, they don't have the same character. Quality as God. And that's what we see. Uh, Jeff, your my relationship has grown through the years. Mm -hmm. All right? Why? Because we get to know each other more. Right. All right? Now, I can get to know God more, and that would change how I respond, but he does not need to grow. Mm -hmm. See, that makes a difference. So we're talking about faithfulness here. And yes, people will disappoint us. There's no doubt. But if we understand God, we understand that he can't change. He will not change. So there's a different set of rules in how we approach him. Changing, we just saw in the, in the news and this discovery, I would say it's discovery of Pluto, but we saw the flyby of Pluto, the right. planet that's no longer... Does he look like a dog? Don't Pluto, think you know? so. Yeah, I know. Right. I, I don't know. They've, okay. I thought they found some remnants of like Star Trek out there, but okay. I, I'm not wondered. sure. Change, in that sense, Dave, you were talking more about discovery of character and relationship development of a character versus just meeting someone face to face like an acquaintance or someone that you just met you know we just flew by pluto we have a lot to discover about pluto and hopefully it doesn't take another three billion years to get out to pluto or maybe it was three billion miles to get to pluto but maybe one day it'll be closer to us who knows if 
evolution actually holds up. I don't know. That was interesting to me, but we have a lot to discover about Pluto, just like we have a lot to discover about God and his character. But people, sometimes you find out things about people that are really not great. And you're not sure that, you know, they're trustworthy. It's part of, part of the word that's used in the Bible when it talks about faithfulness and this quality. Um, It it comes from the Greek word pistis, which has to do in, in a couple of verses, it does deal with trustworthy and reliability, um, which is oftentimes what we equate faithfulness to is being trustworthy or reliable. It is interesting though, that in our own life, we we see people or we're in a, a position or even sometimes we're questioning God of if he's really trustworthy and reliable. And going, we're, going we're, we're questioning him because we put it on a human scale of understanding. Yes. And that's one of our issues. To, to really get to where God is God, we must understand that he's different than every human and he's already arrived at where he needs to be. He hasn't really arrived. He was there. And, he, and he's not going to change. So that is someone we can trust. I'll tell you why it's really difficult to grab this. Because in all of our life, in all of our relationships, we are going to be severely wounded. We are. There is no way that you can love somebody deeply and not be hurt someday by that. There's no way to not do that. So we guard ourselves against that in in human terms. And a lot of people are kind of angry and and withdrawn and et cetera because they've been hurt in love relationships. Well, let me tell you as an old guy, there's no relationship you will ever have in life that won't hurt you. It's the way relationships are. The, The thing in my life that I'm not looking forward to, and everyone that gets married knows this, that one day, most likely, my wife and I will be separated by death. One of us will go first. You know, that's most likely what's going to happen. Now, I'm telling you something. That will be the most painful moment of my life if, I, if she goes first. And it will be the most p- painful moment if I watch her stay here and I leave. I mean, it will be. There's no way to stop that. Mm-hmm. See, that's, that's a change I can't do anything about. What I have understood in life is for me to go to the one place that does not change and to have my wife go to the one place that does not change. And that's God. That's the only way you can make it through and enjoy relationships because all relationships change. And if our listeners do not know this God, if you do not know him, please go to hopenet360.com and talk to a life coach and say, I want to know this God and the one that does not change and start a discussion because conversations will save your life and give you life. And believe it or not, every one of us is wired to recognize faithfulness. There's a a degree of us that really expects it out of other people in life. And we also recognize when others are unfaithful. We realize this in our life, whether it's in our our parents or it's in our close friends or dating relationship or even in our faith journey with God to understand what faithfulness is all about. We expect it in our life. What does it really mean? And coming up in the show, we want to talk about three areas that we should never compromise our faithfulness. So keep it here on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Anytime you need to chat with someone, you can chat with a live coach about whatever's going on in your life. Visit HopeNet360.com. Just click on the Talk to a Live Coach button. They're there for you. And our partners with GroundWire provide a crisis chat line for youth, young adults, parents, 
anybody can log in and talk with a live coach about life, about struggles, about faith, about doubts, about fears, dreams, all of these things. Visit Hopenet360.com. Our talk tonight has been on faithfulness. And Dave, we were kind of talking in the break on faithfulness, and you had a really great story, something that I think is so relevant in this conversation about anchoring points. Yeah. You know, in, in order for us to understand faithfulness, we can't look at people because people are flawed. We have to look at what faithfulness is by definition, and that's God. So that's hard for us because we normally operate on a human plane. So we give God human characteristics. We also get in trouble when we give humans godly characteristics. Hmm. We're, we're not God. We're humans. And so we do sin. We are flawed. We need to understand that so that we can be those who are forgiving and restorative and those kinds of things. But that doesn't apply to God. He's the anchor. In other words, everything flows from there. If you've ever worked with a building buildings and land, and up north there's a lot of times where plots of land are sold and people want to build houses on a lake or whatever. And years ago they used to um, do land surveys not with satellites, but some other way. I'm not even sure how. And it wasn't unusual for the corner post that they would use to measure with not be in the same spot if a different surveyor did it. Now, it's supposed to be. And, and we're supposed to know how to do that, but it really isn't too unusual for it to be in a little different spot if a different survey team came and, and did their work. Well, then they went to, to actually doing it from uh, satellites. Even through the years, some of the surveyors would cheat a little bit because if you were going to do a bunch of lots, you actually have to go all the way back to the beginning and you have to make sure that the, the, the corner post that is supposed to be the measuring post is in the right spot. Because all of them are off otherwise. So if you're measuring off one that's not right, you're in trouble. Not too long ago, there was a, a survey that came out for somebody who wanted to add something on their house. And they they did go back and they used the satellite and all that stuff. And, man, this line went right through a guy's house. I mean, oh, he, no. he had built and his house was on, like, this other guy's property. Huh. And before that, other surveyors had come out, but they didn't go all the way back. They just said, yeah, well, here they found the posts that were in there and went from there. Well, those posts could have been driven in by anybody, yeah. it, you know, and all of a sudden they're, they're, they're marking off lots from it. And it, it's the same way if, if you find a builder. They used to call um, the pattern a patsy. And, and if you were a builder years ago, you would, you would take a board and you would write patsy on it. And that meant don't use this. That meant measure everything from this board. So if you're doing a lot of two-by-fours in a house or whatever, you had a patsy. I didn't know that as a kid. My dad gave me one, and he said, Dave, this is the patsy. I'm going, all right, name your, your boards after women. I don't care. <laughs> he said, I want you to cut me a bunch. Here's the patsy. All right, here's the patsy. So I gave him the patsy back after I cut one, and I, and I kept measuring off the next one. That wall at the end of the day, my dad brought me in and said, Dave, where's the patsy? I said, well, I gave it to you. It's the first one I gave you. He goes, I know, but look at the wall. It, it actually had an angle on it Oh no! because at, when you measured off of something that changed a little, it changed a little, a little, a little, a little, a little until the end it was changed a lot. Oh no. And, and you don't notice it. And I'm afraid that in our culture, that's what's been happening. It's really hard to understand faithfulness because we're trying to understand it in the context of humans who are sinful, flawed, and unfaithful. If we want to understand faithfulness, we need to go to the Bible and begin to study who God is and then go from there because God is faithful. He's like that anchor point. And once we have the anchor point, we can, we can go from there. I'm thinking that a lot of our listeners might be very disappointed with people, relationships. They've been um, hurt. They've been even possibly abused by people who have lied or used their power wrong. Um, some have said, uh, in fact, that you know anyone that has absolute power, that, that, that they are corrupted absolutely kind of thing. 
But see, it doesn't fit because the only one in the universe that has absolute power is God and he's not corrupt. Mm -hmm. So it really depends on how you use the authority and the power that you have. And God uses it for those he loves. And when I teach a leadership class, that's one of the very first principles that we teach. If you're going to have power and authority, you only have it for the good of the people, not for yourself. Now, that's different. That comes from God. That doesn't come from me looking at me. Because Dave Wager would rather have the power, authority, be comfortable, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I can disappoint you because I'm, I'm human and sinful. So we need to refocus and get our anchor point where it goes. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's, that's a very important part of the process. I think what you're saying is I shouldn't strive to be like Dave Wager or as good as Dave Wager. Because right. I think further down the road, I mean, if I'm going to say I'm going to be like Billy Graham, the next person's going to say, well, I'm going to be like Jeff because he's like Billy Graham. It's like it just – I don't know that that's ever going to happen. But you can see where that trend would start right. to slope down because all of a sudden right. you're just a little bit under. One of the principles of leadership, Dave, is that you can only lead people to the point of your leadership lid. There's right. there's a lid on my own personal leadership. There's a lid on your personal leadership. You can only take someone so far as you've gone in your life and no further. That's one of those laws of leadership. One of the reasons that as Christians we follow after the Bible is because the Bible is God's inspired word to us. By having it be God's inspired word, it's going to kind of remove that lid or move that lid higher for each one of us individually, because it comes from a perfect source. Would that be accurate right. to say? Oh, yeah. Any human that you see, and fortunately, because God made it this way, actually, we grow up and we first see our mom and our dad. They are the examples of what stability is in the world. And if I'm Satan, I am working at trying to destroy that stability because that's the first picture of what stability is supposed to be. So I'm trying to get in there and ruin it so that people have a hard time understanding who God is. Why? Because now they're focusing on the thing that moves rather than the one that doesn't. And the one that doesn't move, the mom and the dad, it's extremely important that they focus on the one that doesn't move so that they can begin to model their life after the right standards and the right lines. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we're not going to have them. And there are many young people, there are many that are listening to us today that are disappointed or angry with God. And I would say again, you don't know God. What you know is people who say they know God. What you know is people who have failed. What you know is people who claim to be religious, but you don't know God. And what I would encourage them to do is get to know God. Go to HopeNet360.com. Talk to one of those live coaches. We, we would love to help you get to know God, but get the issue where the issue should be. The issue is not that other people have distorted and ruined who God is. He's still God. Yeah. We have lived our lives as sinful humans, and we need your forgiveness and your, your work with us to help become what we should be, just like we want to work with you. And that's where faithfulness comes in. We see that God, then, actually loves Dave Wager. Even while I was a sinner, even while I have, was hopeless, even while I couldn't help myself, he loved me. Now, that's faithfulness. See, it's not my faithfulness. It's his faithfulness. And because he's faithful, I can be faithful. Mm -hmm. And because he's faithful, I, I can trust. And because he's faithful. See, I don't trust in my own faithfulness even. I trust in God's faithfulness. Mm. And, and that's a big difference. Yeah. And growing up, I didn't hear that actually. I, I heard more, you know, you need to have more faith. or you need, And I thought it was all about Dave. And mm. really, it's not all about Dave. It's all about God. And then I get to imitate him. And then hopefully I can show you, Jeff, who God is by imitating him. And that's the challenge. It isn't that God needs to imitate me. Yeah. I get to go to the source yes. and do that. Yes. Tara, now you get to work not just with trafficking victims or survivors, but now you get to work around people who are coming to our area who are displaced. And I would almost say in some way, unfaithfulness is a big part of 
refugees and why they are coming here to America. Would you agree with that? I would. I mean, I think about a lot of the situations that they faced in their country that they called home or they knew as home. They had to leave because of the person who was in charge or a coup took over the government or whoever was in charge. You know, we, as much as you can say you trust the government or don't, yet we still trust the government to an extent because, you know, we pay our taxes, we have social security. I mean, in a certain sense, we trust our government. And for them to not be able to trust their leadership just simply because of who their family was or what their tribe was or, you know, who their parents are. And because this person in charge of their country or the group in charge of their country doesn't want them there anymore, they have to leave and go to a different country. And I know that coming to a completely different country, not knowing the language, um, not having even your own personal items that you at least have you're somewhat familiar with and find comfort in, and having to come to a new country and trust complete strangers. You know, yeah. they, we know that we're a faithful organization. We know that we're trustworthy people. We can't do everything. We're still fallible. We can't do everything for them, yeah. but we just try to provide a sense of comfort for them so they know that we're trustworthy people and we're safe people and they can come to us for help and we will try to help them. Uh, We can't do everything, can't provide for all their needs, but we're still trustworthy and we can help point them in the right direction. Yeah, let's talk about that in the second half of HopeNet Radio tonight. We want you to be a part of the conversation, too, as you're listening to the show. Join us on the tweet back. Just use the hashtag HNRTB. How have you experienced unfaithfulness in your life? We'd love to hear from you tonight. The conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. So glad you joined us here tonight on the show. Jeff DW, your host tonight. Tara Kay is back in studio, and we've been chatting a little bit about faithfulness and this world being more and more growingly unfaithful. And we were talking a little bit about the Bible and talking about how we have to go back to really a standard of faithfulness in order to understand what it means to truly be faithful. And we saw the very first the very first uh, opportunity for unfaithfulness to come in came into play right in the Garden of Eden. I mean, that's really when we talk about this word sin, what we're really saying has more to do with being faithful or being unfaithful with a responsibility or a relationship that was given to us. And we ended with Tara talking about some refugee work globally. Tara, can you tell us a little bit about state of refugees and really how many there are in our country, but even globally around the world? Yeah, there's estimated about 26 million people displaced, meaning they are not able to live in their home country globally. Every year, the U.S., there's about 10 different countries that accept refugees from usually from a refugee camp. Every year the U.S. decides how many refugees they're going to accept, which is, has been around 70,000. Okay. That's only about 1% of the amount of refugees that are eligible to be resettled that actually get resettled. So 70,000 of the 26 million? Yeah, and that's people displaced. So some of those people haven't gotten approved refugee status, but of those who have 
we're only resettling, the U.S. is only resettling about 1%. And that's of all the countries who do resettling, the U.S. resettles the most people. Wow. So there are some refugees that live in a refugee camp their whole lives. I mean, it's it's like in, they live in tents. Sometimes there's schooling. Sometimes there's not. And a lot of the families that we resettle here, some of them have very little education. Some of them have a lot of education. Some of them were doctors or even lawyers in their home country. But because of what family they were born into and their leader of their country decides people of this tribe or this uh, people group can't live here anymore, they have to leave. And when they come here, we help them find housing. Um, we get their apartment all set up for them. We have churches that help us with donating furniture and household products. Hmm. And then we help them find a job and connect them with employers. Because think about, I mean, it's challenging to write a resume just as it is. So yeah. somebody who doesn't speak English very well and maybe is very educated and was very educated in their home country coming here, maybe mm-hmm. he has to uh, work a different job that's not quite what their skill set is, but it, it's what they can get starting over. Yeah. And we talked about how faithfulness does play a part in it. Some people become refugees because of local violence in their community. So they're displaced, whether it's a wartime thing or like you said, people that come in that try to take over political offices and that sort of thing. A person can become a refugee if based on maybe a natural disaster. They can become displaced, so they have to leave their home. Civil war in their country, as we saw with Rwanda, it mm-hmm. was between the Hutus and the Tutsis, so it was pretty much just who you were. That's, yeah. you know, you experienced Genocide, violence so. because of just who you were, what clan you were born into. Yeah. Also, because of persecution, so religious persecution or just because of who they are. Um, they may not be able to safely live in their country anymore, and they're just fleeing for safety to be in a place that's safe. And it's it is so interesting, and in some ways, it's humbling that America is looked at as kind of that safe haven. Two point twenty six million people that have been displaced currently. Twenty six million million yeah. people are currently There's only two point seven million who live in Chicago. Wow! So it's ten times the size of Chicago. That's yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. And one thing that we always, you know, people ask, like, why do you specifically do you connect churches, especially in Christ commanded us to reach out to those who are in need. And we welcome people who have all different religious backgrounds. We don't discriminate because of that, but it's just a real opportunity to show our love for them, to show yeah. the love of Christ to them by helping to provide. And, and they probably have a lot of trust issues. They probably have people, you know, they trusted their government and their country that they thought was home. When you think about home, I mean, I know not everybody doesn't have a good home experience growing up, Mm -hmm. but for people who did, they recognize home as a safe place, a place where there's trust and it's comfortable. And and to have to leave your home, it's difficult to go to a place that uh, you don't really know anything about, yet there are people saying, come, trust us, we'll help you. And two, when none of their family is alive or with them, Mm -hmm. that's a a huge part of it. I think of just kids that are you know, maybe they're 10, 11, 12, 15, 18 year old kids, no family with them. They were, maybe they were involved in, in a community that was attacked. And now they're one of the few survivors that made it out alive. I mean, these happen in our world today where it is humbling that we get to be in America, but that we get to be in a position to be faithful to those who are the most vulnerable. 
in our communities and, and those that are coming from other places that are looking for that safety that we're, we talk so much about security, significance. Those are things that we're wired to receive in our life. When we don't have those, that's when life gets to be in chaos. Yeah. You know, it seems like there's a couple of reasons why people are refugees. One is just na- natural things that yeah. happen, which we all understand. But the other is just abuse of resources. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, when you look at a dictator or you look at an individual, a dad, a mom, who basically have the ability to care for uh, somebody and don't do it, uh, or or uh, somebody who comes in as warlords and, and just takes over. I mean, there are places right now in the world where people are going through slaughtering the men, taking the women captive. I mean, yeah. it's not a place to live right now. And yeah. so they'd be refugees. See, people think that power gives them the freedom to abuse. When you understand God, it's the opposite. Power gives you the responsibility to use the power for somebody else's good. And that's why it's so hard for people to trust and be and, and be faithful because yeah. they're thinking, man, if, if people that have power, they use it against me. No, 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 no. Jesus didn't do it. While I was a sinner, Jesus died for me. And he had all the power in the world. He had all authority, all power, and he came and used it for me. Now, now that's what we're talking about. That's what we have to look at. And that's why we have a hard time understanding faithfulness, trust, and that kind of thing because we just keep seeing... We're bombarded with these news stories every night. Yeah. You know, I thought the other night I was listening to some group that was literally killing the men, taking the women as sex slaves. And I'm thinking, aren't we as a country going to do anything? Right. Mm -hmm. Why don't we do something? I wouldn't trust our country anymore. This is what happened in Germany with the Jewish people. Why in the world are we not mobilizing every force we have to go over there and take care of these women? Families, I should say, because they're killing the men. Why are we letting this go on? Yeah. You know, this is very bothersome to me in that sense. And I think the United States will not be somebody that the rest of the world can trust because we are looking at this and we are not going out there and putting our foot down and saying, you're not going to take people like this and abuse them. But that's where trust and faith issues get blown apart. If the United States, who used to be a nation that would follow God and under God, is not going to take a stand for the helpless then I can understand how people would be saying. And then we look at what Tara's doing. She is trying to do something within the context of the United States, mm-hmm. but we're not over there you know, fighting for it. So I think people, again, go back to our anchor point. I think the church also has to take that responsibility Absolutely. in doing that and leading the way, not just waiting to have an organization come in and partner with it, but the church, God's people need to come in and rally around this. We're a global body. We're not just right. limited to the United States, but those with means. And that's one of the three areas we cannot compromise our faithfulness on is resources. And I see a lot of our resources, a lot of our time, a lot of our talent, a lot of our treasure going to things that we've talked about, Dave. They really don't matter. First world problems. First world mm-hmm. problems. That's definitely what it comes down to. Join us on the tweet back tonight. We've made some some bold statements. We'd love to hear from you guys on the tweet back. If you're on Twitter or on Facebook, use the hashtag HNRTV. We'd love to hear you. You can send us an email to hope at hopenet360.com as well. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And the conversation will continue here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at hopenet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW, Tara K with you tonight here on the show. Get connected if you need to. There's a live coach right now to chat with you about life, about stuff going on. Maybe in your life, things have been a little bit crazy. Maybe people have been unfaithful to you. Maybe you've even felt like 
somehow God has been unfaithful to you. Chat with the live coach right now at HopeNet360.com. We had a great conversation. The first part, first thing that we can't ever compromise on is our resources. America uses a lot of resources. I mean, we import stuff from around the world just because we're looking to spend money on something, whether it's furs or stuff from other countries or just, man, we spend so much money. We spend so much time. We spend so much of our own talents and our abilities sometimes doing things that really have no eternal value to them. I've watched people in third world countries take the best goods that they won't use themselves and send it over here because Mm -hmm. we won't buy their normal stuff. They won't use it. Coffee, for example, when I was in um, places in Africa where they grew coffee, all the good coffee got exported to the United States, Hmm. all the crummy coffee they could drink. Wow. And that's the way it was. So even in the third world country, they had to suffer because of our first world greediness. Probably a moneymaker for them. So well, at a, a couple cents a pound. We're yeah. not good. I, what, I, I don't know where it is today. But in that region, I actually went there uh, after I found out and I went and I bought coffee from them, them if they could roast it for me because I couldn't take it back raw for $5 a kilo. And you thought I made them millionaires and it was $5 a kilo for freshly roasted good coffee. And what what was interesting to me is that they just expected the people in the United States to be greedy and to use their money for themselves. They wanted to eat and and, and then we would go over there and we wouldn't even pay them a prevailing wage to to live. Yeah. And and yet they were satisfied because that's their only customer mm-hmm. in that sense. So it's kind of interesting. I I think when I look at faithfulness, is it really something that I choose to do or is it conditional? Am I going to be faithful? But am I only going to be faithful if somebody's faithful to me or am I going to be faithful? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Yeah. And what I have found in life, again, it depends on where your anchoring point is. If you weren't with us tonight so far on the program, you're going to need to get the podcast because we talked about an anchoring point. But the simple reality is, what is it in my life that would cause me to abandon my faithfulness? Hmm. Really, I think there shouldn't be anything. When you look in the Bible, those people who were held up in Hebrews chapter 11 and those who weren't even, you look at a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, would they abandon their faithfulness to God even though the king demanded it? No. Would Daniel? No. Would Stephen? No. Hmm. They were faithful. How could you be faithful like that? Because your faithfulness is not determined by others' faithfulness. Your faithfulness is determined by God's faithfulness. And therefore, you will be rewarded one day for that. And that's what we have to see. If if we are going to be people who are only faithful because others are faithful to us, that's a vicious circle. And we'll never really uh, be okay in that one. Because you're always going to be around sinful people. If you're waiting in my life, if you're in my life and you think, well, Dave will never disappoint me. I will. By the time we walk out of this building, I probably have said something that will drive you nuts. Yeah. You know, and I don't mean to necessarily, but I'm still Dave. And and so we don't do that. Yeah. But if you are focusing on that anchor point, if you're focusing on God, because really when you think about it, it's my choice to be faithful. Yes. It it isn't because of circumstances I'm faithful. Yes. And it's God's choice to be faithful. But he chooses me. Yeah, a lot of times though we do see people's faithfulness either improve or decline based on their experience. And that ties into the second thing we can't ever compromise with our faithfulness, and that is in our relationships. Our relationships, you and I, Dave, or with Tara. I mean, these are things as a friend, whether we're a friend, a mentor, a leader, those who are leaders, those who are leading need you to be faithful to them. You know how you do that? Get in this habit. Look people in the eye 
And as you look them in the eye, I ask this question and pray this, God, what do I need to do to make this person the best they can be? Now you're going to be faithful to them. If you honestly will do that and you honestly evaluate that. See, what you're saying is it's not about me. I'm going to do with my resources, with my time, whatever I need to do to make them the best they can be. Now all of a sudden you're in the right position to do that. Yeah, and one of the simplest things you can do is to go to them, go to that person. If you're a leader and you've got someone working under you, if there's an issue, go to them when there's a problem. Talk to them. Be be honest. Be open. Have that relationship. That's so important between a leader and those who are following. And then when a problem arises, say somebody else brings a problem to you as a leader, your job is to go to that person and to confront it, not to gossip or maybe you try to diminish right. that. It's just to say, I'll, I'll go and handle this. Right. I think handling conflict is a huge thing, no matter who you are. Right. So I think that's an important thing. As a friend, you've got to guard other people's best interests. And I think, Tara, that's so important, especially with young women today. It can seem like when conflict arises, the first thing you do isn't necessarily to go and stand up for them. The first thing, sometimes it seems, and social media kind of inflates this, is that they just go and talk about it with their friends and, you know. I think faithfulness in relationships, that's interesting because I think about music and different shows that we have on now, like Jerry Springer or any of those kind of shows where it's all about like he cheated on her with him and this and that. And, and people thrive off of even being entertained by unfaithfulness. Oh, yeah. Yet I think longing like deep down inside, we really long to have faithful connections. I think it's just our culture now that it's like, you know, have an experience and move on to the next because it's what we see in our media and TV and music. It's, it's all about just the experience and then move on. Yet I think people are really just longing for faith faithfulness in relationships. The young men that I talk to uh, in council before they get married, one of the things I just tell them, you are going to remain faithful to this girl for the rest of your life. You need to look at her every day and ask, how can I make her the best person she can be? And you need to. I do not care what happens in the future. And I say, just like this, Tom, you need to be committed to her alone for the rest of your life. And if you're not going to do that, I'm asking you not to get married because I'm going to hold you accountable to that as your mentor and as your friend. Mm-hmm. And you better do that. See, what I'm asking them to do is be faithful to the person, regardless of the circumstances of life. And that's really important. The old vows, you know, to witness poor, all that kind of stuff. That's what they're saying. It doesn't matter what happens. You need to be faithful to this person. And they need to know it. You know how wonderful it is, Tara, when you've worked with young ladies that are trafficked or whatever. Wouldn't it be wonderful if every male that caught your eye you knew they were thinking, what can I do to make your life the best it can be? Instead of, how can I use you for my own pleasure or somebody else's? It would be revolutionary. It would be. And and that's exactly what God teaches, and that's the anchor point. That's why we can be faithful, because God has taught us how to do that, and I can do that now. I, I may not do it perfectly, because I'm still Dave, and I still want to but, but I can work at being and emulating God who is faithful by doing that. And I do ask our listeners to do that. Get in the habit, young men that are listening today, you get in the habit of looking girls in the eye. Before you talk them for anything, just a quick prayer. God, give me the wisdom to make this young lady the best she can be. You know, you're not going to abuse them in some relationship. Then you're not going, if you really mean that. It's not just a little religious thing. Mm-hmm. Get in the habit of thinking, what can I do to use my authority, my power, my friendship, my whatever, for your best interest? And you know what? I, I, you're saying, I don't know if I could ever really uh, get in relations. I, I tell you what, you'll be chased all over the place if you, mm-hmm. you do that. It's not It's not a matter of you know you not qualifying. It's a matter of, my goodness, men need to do that because that's how God really made it to be. Mm-hmm. Because physically, you're going to be stronger in some other things most likely. So you use all that strength and all that power for them. Mm-hmm. 
Very important. They'll recognize that. And that's attractive when guys are looking towards how they can bring out the best in a woman. I'm blessed in my own life to have a woman that is a one-man woman. I don't ever have to worry about her looking or searching or trying to find that affection or that kind of understanding from another person, another guy. To me, that's that's hugely important. I'm sure the same thing, Terry, you would say that in a man too. You want a one-woman man. And that's what I want to be for my wife. And that's, Dave, I know you want to be that. I think today, one of Satan's tactics is to get you to just bite on the fact that you are by nature unfaithful. And it affects your relationships. It affects your spiritual life. It affects your emotional life. We want to have a conversation about that final thing. There's one more thing yet that we can't ever break away our faithfulness on. And we'll talk about that here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Jeff, DW with you. Wrapping things up tonight, Tara Kay's in studio. and We've been having a great conversation about faithfulness. And the final thing, the last thing that we cannot afford to let go of our faithfulness on is our relationship with God and really what that looks like. I think it is so important. And yet it's one of sometimes the thing we take most for granted here in America. We're so we're, we're very spoiled in a lot of ways. And I mean that sincerely. I mean that humbly that I have, and we've talked about this on the show before that I have more than I need in a lot of ways. I've sometimes I think, well, man, I wish I could have steak every week or something. No, I have more food than I need. I have more clothes than I need. Anything that I need in my life, I I oftentimes have more of in my life. And we talked about resources. Resources is one of those things that we have to continually be faithful for. And faithfulness in the way of not just using it for our own gain or using people for our own benefit, but that we need to actually use those resources, use those things to bless other people. And again, that kind of goes in that relationship with other people to continually use my time, my talent, my treasure for the benefit of other people. And that's hard to do in, in a place that teaches you to, to be your own God and to have your own wealth and to be financially secure and all these things. Not that those things are necessarily bad, except the God part, because I'm never going to be a God, but uh, I'm not Kanye West either. But I'm looking <laughs> at my own life and I'm thinking... You know, I just, I, I am blessed and I need to be able to use that. Now, in my relationship with God, I don't know that I could really give God anything that he doesn't already have. You know, God is complete without me. So how should I be faithful? What does it mean to be faithful to God if he already has everything he needs? I think you need to think relationally again. My daughters right now are not in the same position I am financially or in any other way. And I love it when they come to me. I love it when they come and talk to me and be a part of my life and et cetera. I do not need them. I want them. And it's important for me at that point. You know, what's interesting is we need to put everything back in the relational grid. Um, a child is born and a child is in a family and totally dependent upon their parents. And they actually obey their parents because of fear. That fear turns into knowledge eventually that their parents love them and take care of them. And, and, and that knowledge eventually turns into submission uh, on their own free will because they understand who they are. If the parents are not abusing their position if they're not, I mean, that kind of thing. And and that's what we learn about God. I start really with fear. There's a God, I'm not him. And there's this fear that, you know, if I don't, man, God's in charge, I'm not. And then it drives me to know him. You know, mm. the, the beginning of knowledge is fear. Yeah. And, and, and when I know him, then I start to love him and I start to make decisions based on that anchoring point. And I start to be faithful to him 
because God is the only one in the universe that is really worthy of me to have undying faithfulness to. Really, I mean, totally worthy of it. Uh, everyone else I am faithful to, but um, they may not be worthy, but then God's my model. You know, I mean, we're supposed to love those who don't love us, our enemies. How can you do that? That's crazy. Yeah, because I'm being faithful to God and because I'm being faithful to that person. See, being faithful rather than being faithful to me. See, I need to choose to be faithful. And when I do that, I'm living the way God intended me to live. And and now, you know, it's not circumstances that rip it away. In order to do that, I got to know God. In order to know God, I got to spend time with him. And if you do not know God... Please go to HopeNet360.com, talk to a live coach. Or if you are one who is in God's family but you're not spending time with him, you really need to get to know him because when you do, you're going to be amazed by his faithfulness. You're going to then choose to be faithful yourself and show the world who he is by how you live. And that's really our ultimate goal. I just keep thinking about the Bible often talks about having faith like a child. And I used to think, you know, having faith like a child, you really are dependent on your parent for everything. But I heard someone share a story. I think it was out at Life It might have been Jerry Camp or one of the singers from 10th Avenue North who was talking about why we raise our hands. And he gave a good analogy about, because sometimes maybe adults, they don't really like to raise their hands or they don't, they're just doing it because everybody, maybe the worship leader says, let's all raise our hands. But he's talked about his child and how when he comes home uh, from work, his child runs up to him and says, Daddy, Daddy, with his <laughs> arms raised up towards him. He just wants to be picked up. He just wants Dad to pick him up. And I mean, you probably understand having kids, um, but I can just, you know, imagine that. And I think as we grow up, um, we learn new things, but then it's easy for us to try to take things into our own hands. So I think our faithfulness could also be, even though we have more knowledge as we grow, still coming to God as that child um, with our hands raised because, you know, he was saying there's nothing cool about raising your hands up in the air because it's your expression of I have need. The father doesn't mind that. He loves that, in fact. And so I think faithfulness, being faithful like a child is just even though we're older, continuing to go to God like a child and and expressing our need to him. And he won't use your need against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He won't do that. And and if you understand humic trafficking and other things, sinful people use others' needs mm-hmm. to, to manipulate That's them true. and to hurt them. God doesn't do that. And so we emulate him. We don't do that either. When we see needs, we help meet them instead of use their need to manipulate them. And it's very important that we get there. You know, this world has a system that seems right to a man, that seems like this is the right way to do it, the right way to get rich, the right way to to build wealth or possessions or even relationships, how to network with other people and and leverage them to help you to be successful in life. But there's also, there's a different way and there's a way that God has for us and he's laid that out in the scripture. I think it's being faithful to God has more to do with trusting God's design for this world. And oftentimes it goes counter what this world says is the right way to do things. Dave, you talk a lot about order. You talk about designing your life in a way that is successful and, and understanding life has an order to it. I think that's so critical and, and God's word really does lay that out for us. What are a couple of things that young people can take away tonight and really start to think about what order they do so that they can set their life up for a life of faithfulness and not faithlessness? Yeah, first get your life in, in perspective of relationships. God wants a relationship with you. So you need to understand that he is not you. He's not human. And what will happen is you'll realize there's a God. And if it's not you, and if he's the ultimate say and the ultimate charge, your fear will come. 
because you're going to realize you're going to answer to somebody bigger than you. Let that fear drive you to the Bible to get to know who he is, because once you get to know who he is, it's like your heavenly father. And that's why the Bible says that we can come to him, call him Abba Father. The truth of the matter is he's the only one in the universe that is 100% all the time wanting your success. Now, now you may not see that, but you will one day. You will understand that. And if you don't understand it yet, and I don't at times, it's because I don't understand the whole picture yet, and I don't understand God. So once you get to that point, then spend time in God's Word. Spend time with somebody who's older that loves God. Get to know Him. As you get to know Him, you'll begin to see His faithfulness to you, and you will begin to understand how you have to be faithful to helping others, Mm -hmm. regardless of what that means for you personally in life. We've seen over and over too in the Bible where faithfulness always precedes deliverance. Right. And a lot of times what brings us to a point where we need to be delivered is unfaithfulness. Right. We see that over and over. It's just this cycle. The good news is though, is that tonight maybe you've been unfaithful. Maybe your life has been consumed by those times where you've been unfaithful to someone that you held close to you, someone who has been in your life, maybe someone who's no longer with you and you've been holding guilt or shame from something that has happened in the past that you were the direct offender and you've done something that was unfaithful. I just want to encourage you. God is bigger than your unfaithfulness. That in the moments where you've been unfaithful, it's actually given God a chance to show that he's faithful. Ever since the beginning in the Garden of Eden, God showed that he is faithful. Even after the, the flood, he showed that he was faithful. And through the cross, through Christ coming, he showed that he was faithful. God is faithful regardless of our unfaithfulness. And it's our responsibility to just trust in him that the things that we can be faithful about, be faithful with those things. And the times you make mistakes, trust God that his faithfulness is greater than ours. So that's all for us here tonight on the show. Connect with us. We have show notes available at HopeNet360.com. Lots of other thoughts, ideas, some tweets, some things that you can go back and read through that accompany this show. You can also subscribe to the podcast. Just visit HopeNet360.com slash podcast and leave us a review there as well. For all of us here on the show, Tara Kay, Dave, I'm Jeff saying so long. We'll see you guys online and next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.